Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hello, this is Penny. Thanks for joining me for the Flourish Podcast today. Last time we talked about the title was, Am I a Grasshopper? And the whole objective of that was to consider the way we think about ourselves in light of God and His faithfulness and what He's done on our behalf. So I want to follow up a bit with that, and I would entitle this podcast, Who Does He Say That I Am? So in keeping up and following up with our last podcast, I just have a couple questions. How do you define yourself? If you were to be really honest, if you were to have to write it down on a paper or uh, in your journal, how would you define yourself? How do you see yourself? When you look in the mirror, how do you feel about that person looking back at you? I grew up with a great deal of internal bankruptcy. I was pretty much missing any sense of identity or significance. I've shared in the past that my dad left us, left our family when I was 13. And my mother, who was just so very precious, anyone that knew her, loved her. She was a model Christian. But she had to be gone a lot because she had to handle all the bills for our household. My dad did not pay support, so we really didn't have any income. And she had a very, very hard life and had to work many, many hours during the week. So I was home a lot by myself. And, you know, when you're growing up and you don't have a lot of guidance and you don't have a lot of affirmation and you're just kind of floating around unsure what's next or who you really are or what you're supposed to do, I just kind of just had a very little sense of who I was and sense of myself. And I just kind of felt like I wasn't very valuable or needed or worthwhile. I was just kind of filling a space, just being my 13, 14, 15 year old self, going to school, coming home and just living my life, excuse me, trying to get by. So when I turned 17, through my mother's leadership, I gave my life to Christ. And, you know, This is a little sticking point for me at times because sometimes I think it isn't emphasized as much even during altar calls of what you're actually doing when you surrender your life to Christ. I knew that night when I went forward at my Assembly of God Church in Trafford, Pennsylvania, that When I surrendered my life to Christ, everything about me was about to change. I knew that it meant giving up the former life and letting God completely change me. I knew that the way I did friendships had to change. I knew that the way I conducted myself was about to change. I knew that the way I related to my family and my mother was about to change. I knew I couldn't do it by myself because I never had been able to up until that point. But I also knew that when you 
receive Christ as your Savior and your Lord, that there's repentance involved, and that I had to turn from my former ways. They were no longer going to be part of the package deal, that I was literally going to belong to him now, that my life was no longer my own, and that I was going to be a brand new creature, and old things were passed away, and all things were made new, and that I was literally surrendering my life over to him. I think sometimes we need to remind people, you know, I know we're anxious to see people come to Christ, and we, we so don't want anyone to be left out of that. But it is important for them to understand what's involved. And, you know, Jesus told people, hey, the foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but we have nowhere to lay our head. And they understood that it was a sobering commitment that they were about to make in following him. But after that point, I began to see myself differently. And over the last almost, it's almost been 50 years since that day. I'm 65 now, and I was 17. And there's been a process of mind renewal going on in my life to exchange those old ideas about how I saw myself for something completely new. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And that verse certainly applies to so many things and so many areas of our lifestyle. But it also applies to the how we think and our perspective of ourselves. And I'm not at all talking about some uh, inordinate self-love concept where you just think, oh, I am just the greatest thing since sliced bread and aren't I the cutest thing ever. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about seeing ourselves as God sees us and as he describes us and not like those grasshoppers that we talked about last time. My mind needed to be transformed. I had to come to understand that in spite of all that was lacking and all those insignificant feelings I had about myself, that I was now God's beloved. If you read through the Bible, you're going to find it over and over and over again. And he wants us to grasp it. He wants us to lay hold of it. He wants us to live that out and live that perspective out in our life. Romans 9.25 says, as he says also in Hosea, I will call those people who were not my people, my people and her who was not beloved, beloved. Colossians 3.12 says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. It's so important to see ourselves that way and to live that way and to say, you know what? On my worst day, on my best day, I'm still God's beloved. I am his beloved. He dances over me. He rejoices over me. People all around you, including your own self, will consistently try to define you. God has said to me many times, I have it written on the flyleaf of my Bible, let me define you. Let me tell you who you are. I've shared before that many years ago, he spoke to me and said, you are a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, which is a verse out of Isaiah 62. 
Not long after he spoke that to me, a dear friend of mine, I had gone off a prayer. She knew nothing of that, and she spoke that prophetically over my life. I've tried and I am continuing to pursue God to allow Him to define me. I've chosen to live under the smile of God, not because I'm so great, not because I don't have bad thoughts or bad responses or bad actions at times, but because He has chosen to smile on me. He paid a horrific price to be able to restore me to himself and then to smile on me on my good days and bad days. First John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. He calls us in the Bible, in the book of First John, be- beloved children, my little children, over and over again. The word lavished means excessive, beyond. It's not just like, oh, he gave it to us. It's lavished. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. He has, the Father, the creator of all the universe, has made you his little child. I mean, that's kind of mind-blowing. It's kind of crazy beyond what we can really understand. But, you know, also the Bible does talk about above what we could ask or think, does he do for us? A quote from a a favorite book of mine called Abba's Child, written by Brennan Manning, says, define yourself radically as one beloved of God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. This is the foundation for loving well. This is where hypocrisy and pettiness die. This is where security and soundness begin. Galatians 5.14 says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The Lord wants us to receive his love and to even dispense it to our own selves, our own weak, sometimes wretched selves to be able to allow ourselves to live under that smile and under that love. I believe that, as we spoke of in our last podcast, our willingness to fully live within the extravagant love that God has lavished on us empowers us to obey Him, to respond to Him without fear, and to love others well. And that includes forgiving them. You know, there's not a one of us that isn't hurt consistently and has to choose forgiveness. And we're going to talk about that at our next podcast, just forgiveness, being willing to be forgivers. So I just want to encourage you to define yourself, let God define you and define yourself by what he says about you. And if you don't know, find out, study the Bible ask him to show you, even perhaps ask him to give you a specific word as he did for me when he told me I'm his crown of beauty in his hand. So let me pray with you. Father, we thank you that you have chosen us, chosen to define us in a way that surely we would not define ourselves. But yet it pleases you when we say yes to that. When we say, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll see myself the, the way that you see me. 
I'll embrace that. I'll lay hold of that. I'll honor that, God, because you paid for that to happen in my life. So I pray for each one listening, Lord, that they will press into that, that they will fight against the enemies of their life that try to tell them something different and try to define them by their past failures, by what others have spoken over them. I just want to encourage you that those that have spoken things over you, whether it's a parent, a husband, a wife, perhaps, a friend, and that those are perhaps wicked things even that have been spoken about you or over you, just take time and get with God and say, you know what? No, I'm done with this. I put it aside. I renounce it. I turn from it. That is not who I am. I'm going to choose your description of me. I'm going to choose your definition of who I am. And that's how I'll live, God. I will define, when I look in the mirror, I will see the person that you died for, that you have spoken over, and that you dance over, and that you love with an extravagant love. And that's how I will see myself from this day forward. So encourage everyone listening, God. Strengthen them. Cause them to press in deeper and further and closer than they have before to your love. In Jesus' name. Bless you guys. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.